Bring It On is a public affairs program exploring the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American communities in South Central Indiana and beyond. Bring It On is a forum for the people, by the people, produced by an independent team of volunteers working at the studios of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana, and financially supported by listeners like you. And good evening, I'm Clarence Boone, and welcome to this edition of Bring It On. We're a multiple award-winning show celebrating over 14 years as Indiana's only weekly community radio show committed to exploring the people, issues, and events impacting African Americans. Good evening, I'm Roberta Radovich. In today's broadcast, you'll learn more about upcoming celebrations for the IU Neil Marshall Alumni Club and the Indiana University Neil Marshall Black Culture Center from Leah Hinton-McRath, Director of Diversity Programs at the IU Alumni Association, and Monica Johnson, Director of the IU Indiana University Neil Marshall Black Culture Center. All this and more on the next hour on Bring It On. But first, as we like to say, everyone has influence. Yes, even Roberta. No matter where your influences are, in your family, school, work, or church, to develop your influence with an emphasis on servant leadership, the Global Leadership Summit, a two-day world-class experience broadcast every August live to hundreds of satellite locations in North America. In the months that follow, the summit takes place at an additional 900-plus sites and 135 countries. More than just an event, the summit experience kicks off a year-long community transformation process, providing tools to help you and your team apply what you've learned throughout the year. We have invited uh, a gentleman who is a Global Leadership, Leadership Summit advocate, to join us today to shed more light on this transformational program. And advocates are leaders who have attended previous summits and they believe in its impact and are willing to promote the upcoming summit in their own local network. And with us today is Mr. Jeff Baldwin, uh, Executive Director of the Boy and Girl Club, Boys and Girls Club here in Bloomington, Indiana. And Jeff, welcome to Bring It On. Thank you both. Yeah. Um, and And I have to say right off that I attended this year's August 2019 Global Leadership Summit. And I tell you, those two days were transformational in my life. I, um, along with just being riveted in my seat and hearing the testimonies uh, literally worldwide, uh, just simultaneously going on, the the topic matter, uh, the challenges that were issued, and the fact that people there likewise were so stirred that there were times there wasn't a dry eye in the place. Yeah. I mean, and, and you have to imagine, and Jeff will talk about just the layout of the room, but it was, it could have been overwhelming unless I had been prepared for it. Mm. And that's, and that's just, just really not really stating it the way that it is, that it was presented or, or as impactful as it was. But um, having left that after two days, I was so on fire. Uh, I mean, because you're challenged to look inward. And uh, such bad habits as picking up my socks off the floor. I mean, those type of things. No, mm. no, no, many more things <laughs> that uh, how to be a, a servant leader mm. in the truest sense. And uh, for that, Jeff, thank you for, for joining us. Um, and my pleasure. Thank you for, and others who, uh, people like, um, oh, 
uh, Trish Irino and Connie Percivold and others, Jeff Barnhill was involved. Those individuals really made every participant feel at home and it was impactful. And uh, I've never eaten so much candy in my life. Uh, <laughs> Reese's Pieces, they had Reese's Pieces. Mm, the uh, good stuff. The good stuff. So He hoarded them. And I hoarded them. <laughs> uh, but no, it was a wonderful time held by all. Jeff, thank you for coming on Bringing On. And uh, I am so excited to have this conversation with you. We tried to do this a little earlier. Yep. Schedules got a little crossed, but we're here. How long have you been involved with Global Leadership? So this last year was my third year that I've experienced it. Okay. Um, I was offered a, a scholarship the first year to attend, and I had no real idea what I was walking into. And um, certain, you know, after that first year, was just walked away thinking, my goodness, more people need to be a part of this. This, right. is, a, this is an incredible value um, for leadership training. I mean, there's so many companies, uh, local and otherwise, who spend thousands and thousands of dollars on leadership training to send their, send their teams to Chicago or to St. Louis or whatever. Um, this is local, good training to pull your team together uh, at a pittance. Uh, and, and the value and the quality uh, just far surpasses because, you know, like you said, not, not only is it, is it something that you, at the end of the time, do you, are you moved uh, to do something personally? How, how can I? How can I step out like many of these people have and and take a risk and and um, buck against a trend and make some real positive change? But I'm also taking all of this back with my team, and we're mm-hmm. going to function in the workplace in a much more healthy and productive way. Um, I was just overwhelmed with the overall quality of the program and, and had to be engaged in moving it forward. And some may say, well, this is bringing on, this is an African-American public affairs show, what this necessarily, well, well, let me stop you before you even finish that thought. There are people representing all ethnicities from all walks of life from around the globe and, and people who were from not only economically uh, depressed areas, but have just survived war torn situations mm-hmm. and people who were literally building from scratch. Uh, we've heard of uh, the micro-lending system around uh, the world, and people are all amazed by it, but yet this was life and death for some people. Yes. And some of the entrepreneurs that, that sprung out of uh, really some harsh situations, and, and then women stepping up and taking leadership who were formerly oppressed under certain regimes. And, and again, like I said, in some respects, there wasn't a dry eye in the place. It was It was that intentional, that motivating, and something that I have already begun to encourage people uh, to attend next year. And I'm going to try to get a table. I love I can. it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Can you share with us a little bit about the history of this organization and the impetus for the folk to get together? Yep. So I, I can, you know, the uh, this was first established by um, Willow Creek uh, Church in the greater Chicago area. It does have a Christ-led faith-based underpinning. Um, it's not over the top. It's, uh, there, there is prayer throughout this, this session. Um, if, it, if that's something that scares you, I, I wouldn't let that. I right. would, I would right. I, yeah, good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad Clarence can chime in and, oh, yeah. chime in and say, say yes to that. Um, and, uh, and so it's, it, it does have that core centralized, uh, starting point. Um, but, it, it really um, 
has has just morphed into something that is so much more powerful about uh, empowering those amongst us, all of us, you, I, the person just just outside on the sidewalk, um, to find a place and take a leadership role within your community and find something that that can really make a profound difference, um, or even even some minor differences that all add up to mm-hmm. to to great outcomes. Um, so it, it does have its 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 start there. Um, yeah, so in a, in a, a large megachurch in, in the Chicago area, uh, and then it just continued to grow and expand. Now it's a half a million people who view uh, that leadership uh, summit uh, those two days, like like Clarence said, across the globe, um, and it's uh, it's just awe inspiring. You know, I, I I had you know some trepidation going to it because I thought, well, I've been to conferences, Roberta, you've been to conferences, comp- conferences, Jeff, you likewise, and. You think, okay, people are going to talk at us. Uh, materials are going to be shared. There may be some uh, chalkboard writing, whatever. But you're going to leave, you know, with, with strong biceps because you're carrying a ton of materials. You know, you throw all that out the window because from the moment you walk in, the layout of the room lends itself to just drawing the participant in. I mean, I, I sat there, and there's this bigger-than-life jumbotron inside. This was at the uh, Monroe County Fairground in the auditorium and uh, it's just to me it set the stage and then there was um, sort of um, there was entertainment if you will with the countdown as the different sites were checking in and you're saying okay well yeah this is kind of interesting and then it just launches and I mean you think the Super Bowl is huge that you get the sense that wow this is almost bigger than life and and uh, Craig um, Groeschel. Groeschel, mm-hmm. who it was a, a major catalyst with a lot of this. Some of you may know him. If, if, And I'll just say, if you have the little Bible app where every day you get a verse. Okay. His church. Oh, okay. Started that with all the little study guides and this, that, and the other. Okay. That was him. Uh-huh. And he talked about how they started out a garage and this. And, so, mm-hmm. and that's moving enough. But yes. then they get into business topics. They get into women empowerment issues. They get into how to deal with rejection, not just like the 60 minute manager book was transformative back in the day, but you have people who purposely went out to get rejected, Mm -hmm. uh, but ended up getting so inspired that there was nothing they could not do. And they tell the story. And so as you can probably listen to my voice, it it was very powerful with me. And and I've been to a ton of conferences, Mm -hmm. but this is like you said, something we need to get so many people at. Yeah. Uh, The underpinnings, yes, they are Christian, uh, but yet Muslims were taking part in this. Buddhists were taking part in this. And so it was one of those truly like a we are the world type of thing. But the emphasis was how to be a good leader. Everybody has a sphere of influence. And then how do you take that and then how do you run with it? You know, one of the things that I had to share, you you mentioned um, that you'll have these key speakers that you're hearing from. And another way to, to show the value or the impact is we all go to those expensive conferences. We'll spend a whole week and we'll walk away and go, wow, that, that one keynote speaker, right. she was amazing. I really took away so much from that. This is keynote winner after keynote winner right. after keynote winner. It's just unbelievable. You go, wow, how can they top that one? And then they do, the next person who steps out. And between these keynote speakers, they have uh, sort of bridge entertainment where, you know, you know, don't touch that dial type of experiences where you have an international 
artist that comes on and, and plays, you know, music that they've written and they show their craft. And at first it's like, wow, that's kind of, yeah, that, I'm getting to this. I've never heard before, but it sounds pretty. And then next, you know, two minutes later, like, whoa, and, yes. and it builds and builds and climaxes and the whole audience goes crazy. And then the next speaker comes out. Right. So, and then you have these little cutaways where you have um, individuals who are um, sort of the MCs from a distance and they sort of set the stage for what to expect later in the day. So, I mean, it, it to me, um, money well spent, an mm-hmm. investment of not only your, your resources, but your time well spent. And resources are available for purchase. Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they have these nice giveaway, I, I mean, giveaway moments where resources are given away. I, I understand that I missed out on. You uh, did. You <coughs> called did. your name. But uh, I did purchase the book, so we're okay. okay. <laughs> but uh, so three years you've been involved with yep. this, Jeff. And um, in the community, who, what organizations help to help, it, help keep this going? Great. That's a great question. So... Um, you know, you noted that it was at the Monroe County Fairgrounds. There's a really important strategic reason why. Um, it was being held at Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. Mm-hmm. And um, Jeff Barnhill and I, uh, when we first started talking about this um, and wanting to really blow it up into something very, very special where there might be a few thousand people attending, um, recognized that it, it needed to be out of a church. Right a particular church and start to tear down some of the barriers so that other churches could be involved. People from the community would feel less intimidated by the the setting. So that trend will continue. Um, and, and we're hoping to A, draw more people and B, perhaps even get more churches to start talking together and working together uh, within the community. To um if you have interested groups or if you are listening and thinking, maybe my team can benefit from yeah. this. Uh, you might be maybe on a church board or you might be on a not-for-profit non, non board or you, you know, your, your business. You might be a small startup. You, you may come from a major enterprise, but you may be thinking, well, I've been trying to motivate my team. And from what they're talking about so far, it really seems intriguing. You go out of your way every year, from what I understand, to get really compelling people and I have the list of people here, but there is one name that jumps out that I right. think everyone can identify with, and that is Bear Grylls, um, the gentleman who, who, eats, who eats lizards and hangs from the clefts of rocks and, and walks tight ropes and jumps down crevice, crevasses and leads other unsuspecting people on these two or three day journeys till they're about to drop and die, but nevertheless, he was here. And he shared his story about how, what motivates him, what is his compulsion, and he talked about one trying to get into the British Special Forces. And he shares this really riveting story about how he failed the first time. So, you know, you look at him and you think, well, what can this person not do? And then you think some of this is made up. But no, he'll tell you he almost died on set a number mm-hmm. of times. Right. Wow. But then he talks about how he tried to get into the British Special Forces, failed miserably, but then came back. And uh, he talks about they start off, of course, with this larger number, and then it's whittled down to the few, the proud, the whatever. And he was successfully in and did several, a number of years of tours of duty. Now he has a successful hit show, Running Wild with Bear Grylls. And then he talks about how he's written several books. And, and you could hear a pin drop. 
you know, this this guy, and I watched him from a distance, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, yeah. But then you listen about listen to what really motivated him, and he incorporates, you know, his faith as well as his skill sets that he learned in the in the special forces, and then you know what drove him against incredible obstacles just to get in. Mm-hmm. And you could sort of put yourself in his shoes, and you walk away feeling like, well, I could run through a wall and jump over 500 troops, whatever. But, uh, so is there awesome. a is there a target age group? I mean, are we looking at young professionals, mature mid career professionals, people who are ready for a next chapter career? Well, you know, if if you're not growing, you're dying. So mm-hmm. I would say no. There's no barrier there. Um, and I and, and in particular, where it's of greatest value, I think, is if you are bringing some teams. You know, for example, at this last one, we had. We had members from IU Credit Union. Uh, they brought a team. Uh, Buffaloes, believe it or not, brought a team. Uh, a, a team from Crane, a team from Cook. Uh, you might, Clarence, remember there was a group of firemen. That's right. Uh, and, and they were a, a team as well. And I'm sure I'm leaving some folks off. But it was really neat to watch. Every, every time there was some kind of pause in the action, um, that team was already deep in conversation and talking about how they could apply what they just heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, within the workplace, mm-hmm. and that um, that is just powerful. If you're listening right now and just tuning in, we're talking with Jeff Baldwin from the Boys and Girls Club of Monroe County, and he is here talking with us tonight about the Global Leadership Summit. If you want to catch a quick recap of the GLS19, <laughs> the Global Leadership Summit, you can go to uh, globalleadership.org and there's some great uh, YouTube videos, yes. particularly of the recap from 19, to get a little bit more information or visual understanding of what Jeff is talking with us this evening. So I wanted to share something very quickly. I know you're mentioning that that I am executive director of the Boys and Girls Club. I am Jeff Baldwin today of Bloomington slash Monroe County. Uh, this is not a, a Boys and Girls Club Fantastic. initiative. Okay? Yeah. Right. And, and it's, right. this, is, this is me as private citizen um, who wants to just do what I can to bring this to people within our community. Fantastic. Yeah. That's wonderful. You know, I mentioned two people. Uh, one was Bear Grylls, the other was Asia Brown. And many of you may not know, but the, at the age of 31, Asia was uh, the youngest elected mayor of Compton, California. And Oh, uh, that's why that name was ringing a bell. She gave uh, such an impactful uh, presentation. Uh, and, you know, young, 31, I mean, just think of the obstacles you have to, you have to prove your mettle, you have to do all these things. Not only did she do that, but she was a, a change agent in the Compton area. And of course, we think of Compton, we think of boys in the hood and, you know, boys and girls in the hoods. That's why Jeff went into the Boys and Girls Club. Okay, anyway. <laughs> but anyway, she gave this riveting account of how she came into office and turned everything around. And and she was very frank and open and candid. Uh, and, and the authenticity is what permeated, I think, uh, with everyone. And, and, and again, you know, people were just moved. Yep. And, I'll, and I'm not sure if that's the effect that they went for, but it was certainly the effect that they achieved. And now what year is this for this organization? Gosh, the Global Leadership Summit. That's a great question about how many actually, well, here I got some notes founded in 1992. So it goes wow. back quite a ways. And it was not as huge starting now, nope. but 
just exponentially with each passing year, it seems like they're getting larger. I'm surprised I've never heard of it mm-hmm. until um, actually by chance at the farmer's market. Uh, Trish and I had a booth side by side, and then see. I was looking at her display and thinking, oh, that, that looks interesting. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah, I think about coming. And so being the persuasive person that she is, that she's listening right Outstanding, now. Outstanding, Trish. Way uh, to go. She hooked me, and, and I attended. And Trish, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Really appreciate it. Um, now, you're, you stated that you want to get as many people there as possible. What, what are you doing now to sort of make that a reality? Well, we, one of the things we did when we finished this year was uh, make a direct ask to, to those in attendance, would you like to join a committee and be a part of the process to take this to that next step mm-hmm. uh, and just keep expanding, expanding, expanding within the county? So um, there were probably, what, maybe 85 to 100 people in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got about 20 people who said that they would join that committee. So we're going to be convening here in about a week and a half and starting the process to prepare for next year already. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And to the, to those employers that they gave their employees um, time to get away for two days, uh, thank you. And, you know, that's that's not an easy thing to no. pull off. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to have buy-in because they have to see the worth. Yes. You're sending an employee who's going to who's gonna gain adequate, you know, adequate skills, um, uh, tactics and strategies on how to be an effective leader or team player and how to pull and extract positive things out of those who are on your team. And uh, it actually, it's a great lead-in for something I'd like to share. You know, data, data, data. People love that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, feel-good stories are wonderful, and, and that can move a lot of people. But tell me the facts as far as, you know, what, what, what's been, you know, what's actually being done. And these, you know, they survey everybody who attends after the, the uh, leadership summit. And uh, two that I grabbed uh, from this, uh, 79% feel improved teamwork, increased job satisfaction, and productivity. That's substantial. I mean, 80% of the folks are, are saying that. 80% feel improved teamwork, increased job satisfaction, and productivity. 89% gained courage to lead despite opposition, which is even more profound to me. Uh, 90% are, of those folks are willing to go back even though it's a, the culture might be scary where they're from, mm-hmm. uh, to go ahead and take a step forward and, and, and make a difference. Mm-hmm. So it's good stuff. Um, I was also impressed with um, just some of the local vendors that came out to support. Uh, I had some excellent chefs out there for lunch uh, that, that, yep. that really uh, brought, brought the cooking, you know. So, I mean, and you can look at me and say, oh, you must appreciate good cooking. Yes, I do. But uh, it was it was awesome. Um, and thinking of the age ranges that this might appeal to, what what would you say would be the profile of, of the typical participant? That really is hard because I you know here I am, fifty seven years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have a lot to learn, mm-hmm. and I still gain a, a tremendous amount from it. Um, and certainly a young professional is going to have some wonderful insights as well. Even right. a high school student um, can, can gain a lot from it. Um, I just think it's, you know, it's, it's just one of those many opportunities that, that we, you know, as human beings, we need to take advantage of uh, to get better and keep striving to get better, stronger, more effective. Uh, in what it is that we're doing, whether whether you're the president of your local homeowners association, um, or you are the PTO president, or um, gosh, you're just the leader of your of your home, and and want to find a way to 
to to help your kids and family more effectively. I mean, there are it's you know you would agree there was like that one particular section in there uh, one one speaker uh, that talked about um, uh, generations and and the and the the way he he um, did such the, the deep research and being able to shed light on on all the different generation groups and how we hold bias towards one another and things we don't know about one another and what it, it's just. Uh, it was so riveting, and I thought, "Wow, that would be a, a fantastic mom and mom and dad and son and daughter uh, session, to, right?" Mm-hmm. And, and just the the conversations that would be born from that could be just profound. You know, I, I think of the things that my parents would tell us when I was a teenager and a young adult that they liked and didn't like about our generation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and always thought, you know, hey, you just got to get with it, you know. <laughs> and now jump ahead. Now that I'm looking back and, and agreeing with them, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, it scares me because they were right mm-hmm. <laughs> in some respects. I mean, sure. I think with the advances in technology, um, and no doubt they were probably thinking the same things. Uh, we didn't have cell phones. Right. I think even had a rotary dial phone. For those that don't know what a rotary valve <laughs> phone is, you insert your index finger and you go around a circular device. But anyway, um, they no doubt were critical in some respects, and we thought they were overly critical. But uh, the wisdom that that generation that had lived some experiences that fortunately I've never ha- have had to live. Mm-hmm. And they brought that forward trying to teach us. And now, likewise, we're giving back. And the work that this gentleman's done on that was astounding. One presenter that that I was really, I think everybody was really taken by was uh, Chris Voss. And Chris Voss, uh, just just as a little descriptor, imagine a gentleman who is trained, who led a team of international kidnapping negotiators. And he was not only trained by the FBI, but by Scotland Yard, and he's a Harvard Law School graduate. And uh, the lady that interviewed him, they had professional interviewers who were well-known, uh, she said she was intimidated to talk to him because he was so successful at what he what he did, and I think he still negotiates. I think so. And um, they had this wordplay, and and he he kept it light and lively, but you got the sense that he would say and and elicit things out of people that they never thought they would do. Right. And especially as he was, and in, as an example, he talked about how he negotiated making a purchase of his red pickup truck. You know, and, and, you know, not try to, to slam any car dealer out there. We're not doing that. So those that are listening, it's okay. <laughs> but he talked about how it was, uh, how he got to their level and how he got the price he wanted. And they practically didn't practically give it to him, but he far went beneath the threshold that he had set. And it was, and that was interesting because he says, you know, you negotiate as if your life depends on it, but there are certain skill sets that you want to employ when you do it. Right. And that was helpful for It him. was. And it, you know, the other thing I'll take away from that was that, and I can't remember what the number was, but he said, every day, on average, you have nine negotiations. And well, that's fascinating. Isn't it? Yes. And then, so, you know, all, that's how it all of a sudden translates into the daily life. And... And how he had all kinds of tips on how to go through a negotiation, and a negotiation is one where you're mm-hmm. you're both working to get what it is that you're after, and you come to a consensus and an agreement and move forward. And it's ultimately relational. It is relational, yes. and and it was so it was so cool to take that topic where you know you could see him talking somebody off a ledge. 
uh, and and yet this was really about daily life and about mm-hmm. how we have to work together and live together. And so, and not lost That's on everyone was here's a gentleman who is negotiating with kidnappers who have weapons pointed, no doubt, at the head of the hostage. And while everybody is losing their nerve, he's got to not only keep it together, but he's got to get into their head. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that the interviewer was was very cognizant of. And she even said, you have probably dealt with him. And he said, well, you'll never know. And it just makes you wonder because this goes on. And we'll never know when it goes on, but it goes on. Mm -hmm. So the nine negotiations that I probably go through during the day begin in the morning. When my daughter (laughs) says, Daddy, can I take this to school? (laughs) And then I'll say, why do you want to take that to school? Is this what the teacher said? Yes, Daddy. You know, and there's no need to think that she would tell me a falsehood, you know, no. But it's the negotiation as far as what they wear. I think my negotiations start with my cat in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you can find someone who can negotiate effectively with a cat, I will be so impressed. They are, they don't play. They just look at you like, seriously. And I'm a cat owner, so. (laughs) I love the language on the website um, when it talks about kind of these areas of, uh, topics for building muscles, like leveraging um, networking opportunities and creating uh, and encouraging a leadership culture in your spaces, whether that's your family, your church, your organization, or on the job. And I really love this language of establishing a common vision and a leadership language. Can you talk a little bit more about how the, the presenters from the 2019 summit exhibited or demonstrated that i would say you know one way and i'll be curious what clarence thinks um they they had to all be instructed to do this but they would all do a really nice job of tying a bow on things at the at the end and as they went along um really nice job of giving you like three or four or five really key Mm -hmm. points and Mm -hmm. sometimes they used interesting um acronyms and things like that to to drive it home to make it easy to Mm -hmm to put on paper and in front of you what it is that, that they were wanting you to, to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously those mu- would be much easier to apply at home or at work or wherever you, your club, whatever the situation is that you're, where you're, you're working with people to, to achieve a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one thing uh, mm-hmm. I would share that I saw. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I like the fact that probably eight out of 10 of the presenters told stories. Mm-hmm. Mm. And they even said that telling a story is the most effective way for you to remember. Mm-hmm. Because you, you start off with um, maybe the anticipation of, okay, this is gonna, I'm going to tell you this adventure with this, and that's in your mind. And then I weave the story and I carry you along. And the valu- valuable points that you just mentioned are embedded in that story. So when you recount the story, you recount the mm. bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not like, and the three things I want you to, well, yeah, we, we've done that in college. We've done it in <laughs> right. high school. You know, Which is what makes TED Talks so powerful. Right. So is this a uh, grouping of TED Talks in one stop well, shop? Yeah. Some ways. Yeah, I'll, I'll in some say ways. That. It's a little deeper. Is, mm-hmm. is this model of the Global Leader- Leadership Summit a model of conference model that you've participated no. in or mm-hmm. I know you've said you've never really quite been to anything quite like this mm-hmm. so I'm trying to imagine as somebody who's never attended 
for those that remember, I, I went to a one-night experience that might come close to intensity. Okay. And that was a Herbalife uh, <laughs> gathering of uh, dis- distributors when I was in Herbalife way back when rotary phones had just gone out and touched over. And um, this was in Chicago at a big civic amphitheater, whatever, you know, and everybody's there. And you talk about raw, raw, over the top, but it was selling mm-hmm. nutritional products. It was about selling something. You this know, is about pouring into right. people. So other than that, no, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, um, and was it, as you mentioned earlier, underpinnings with, with, uh, with church or Christianity? No, it wasn't churchy. No. But the presenters got very, okay, they were emotional and invested to the point where you felt it. Mm-hmm. And then when, you, when that happens, you're sharing with them. Mm-hmm. And it's easier for them to, to weave the story, take you along the journey, and, and deposit those kernels mm-hmm. of, of valuable kernels. And that's, that's what I felt over the two-day experience. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. And I would say the, <coughs> my, the another, uh, I, and I'm just relating to what I've experienced with conferences, is you go to a conference, it does have a keynote speaker, mm-hmm. you have these breakout sessions, and you right, can go to right. A, B, or C room, and you'll do, right? <laughs> and th- it's all well and good, but it's a, it's a crapshoot in regards to what room you walk into and if it's going to be of quality or not. Um, you know, I, I, maybe I could have spent 10 minutes in there, and that would have been enough, uh, but it's an hour, and I'm there. The the, val- the quality and the value of each one of these speakers is just over the top. It's a, it's a home run after home run after home run after home run. That's incredible. It is. It really. It's it's it's. I, I'm not sure how they do it, but I mean they spend all year getting ready. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they are now. Um, but it's it's just that. And then you get this really cool opportunity because, like Clarence said, the way the room is set up, bring your team if you have a team. And as soon as something's done, you already have this instantaneous opportunity to go, okay, interesting. Let's talk about that. Right. How can we incorporate that? What were your learnings? What are your questions? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just creates this really cool um, symbiotic process. Where synergistic. We're just, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. very synergistic, good, mm-hmm. better word, um, to, to just develop and, and create uh, this wonderful energy on your team. And just as you said, it, you get so involved from the beginning that you look up and time has flown. Well, guess what? <laughs> we got involved with this conversation, and we have run out of time. Um, but um, we, I want to get you back as you get near to 2020. That'd be great. Uh, to talk about how people can prepare. You can go online now and You prepare. can buy tickets if you want. You can buy tickets online and then buy uh, access to the videos from 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, now and uh, we'll share that uh, link on how to do that. But uh, but Jeff, I just truly I appreciate you uh, carving some time out to come in and um, you have, you have a wonderful uh, Vanguard group you work with and and they do a tremendous job. And this was my first but not last time. Good. I actually. Truth be told, I already bought my ticket for good man. Year, so that's yeah, the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready. I love it. You you bought our ticket. I bought <laughs> our our ticket. Now 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 if if you recall, no, I'm not going to throw you under the bus right now because I did tell you that you want to go. But anyway, our thanks to Global Leadership Summit Advocate Jeff Baldwin uh, with the Girls and Boys Club or Boys and Girls Club of Monroe County 
I'm sure they wouldn't mind Girls and Boys Club in Monroe County. But for, just just private citizen. Private, private citizen, citizen today. Jeff Baldwin. Uh, for joining us today to shed more light on this transformational program. And as you could tell, just perhaps the intensity in our voices today that, yes, it was, it was riveting and it, it resonated. And for more information, uh, you're probably sitting out, okay, well, how, sitting out there thinking, how do I get to, how do I learn more? Visit uh, www.globalleadership.org, globalleadership.org, and and just follow the the, uh, tabs and um, you can navigate around. So, but but thank you. Thank you once again, Jeff. My pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Bring It On has an open submission policy. So if you have an idea for this program, let's hear it. Send an email to our volunteer staff. The address is bringiton at wfhb.org. We want to make sure that we are sharing everything and anything affecting the African-American community with our listening audience in Bloomington and beyond. The email address one more time is bringiton at wfhb.org. enjoyed that conversation with uh with jeff and of course we had to have him back before the 2020 global and leadership summit and i'm never 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 That's going right. to um mm-hmm. when, you, when you when you when you say i'm gonna pay for you to go someplace uh, i'm uh, going uh, anyway we <laughs> have an announcement uh, this this coming well this week the monroe county bloomington indiana freedom fund banquet for 2019 is this week it will take place at the Ivy Tech Community College, located 200 Daniels Way here in Bloomington, Indiana. 
uh, the time. Six to seven is the social hour. And from seven to nine thirty is the banquet program. Tickets, if they're still available, can be purchased at the Buskirk Chumley ticket box office. I will call them tonight, eight one two three two three. And that's not a call to action. I gotta be careful about that. I heard they were sold out. Okay. Um it may not hurt to get on a waiting list, uh, but 812-323-3020. And um, ticket pricing, adults $50. I'm so glad that it's supported that way, really, because mm-hmm. it, it's a worthwhile cause. Mm-hmm. Youth 16 and under 30. And again, the date is October the 5th. And um, that's Friday or Saturday? Help me it's out. Saturday. Saturday, Saturday night. And you are attending, right? I will be attending. Oh. And uh, actually, we have a colleague at the table who will have some students from okay. the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center there. Okay. And uh, we'll be who's, table hosting for who's, them. Who's keynote? Do you know? I have absolutely no idea. So they, they may have gotten Barack? Uh, Probably. Okay. All right. Or, anyway. Or even better, Michelle. Michelle? Ooh. Mm. Mm. I didn't say even better. I just mm. meant in addition to. Mm. Okay. Mike Pence was in town over the weekend. Okay. At the top of the hour. We shared that you will learn more about upcoming celebrations for the IU Neil Marshall Alumni Club and the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center. From Leah McGrath, Director of Diversity Programs at the IU Alumni Association, and Monica Johnson, Director of the Neil Marshall, the Indiana University, both Indiana University and Neil Marshall Black Culture Center. They join us now. Ladies, welcome to Bring It On. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. And and I will say, just, you know, positioning with the mic. Too. Okay. And... You're you're both not strangers here, so so we don't have to go through a lot of the yeah, formalities. Yeah, you're a family. You're yeah. family. We are a family. All right now, but we have one weekend and two unique experiences, and one is one experience is really geared for our students and uh, alumni uh, of color. Of of color. Let's just go ahead and call that yeah. out. Yeah. And then we have another set of unique experiences for our specifically alumni. So there's mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a intermixing of all kinds of intergenerational love going well, on. On what big weekend? Homecoming weekend. Homecoming. Uh, you will take care of business. Okay. We will. Yeah. Yes, we will. Almost did it Saturday, but we, we will. Um, so close. Two events and and um, two unique opportunities, but also two cities that these will be taking part mm-hmm. in. And we'll talk a little bit about the fact that up in Indianapolis, there will be some concurrent events going on. At, at Bloomington, of course, will host the majority of the events. Let's talk about October the 11th here in Bloomington. Uh, I see here on this uh, flyer that the 2019 Black Table Talk series presents coffee shop chat back down memory lane. And that is with IU Black alumni and alumni and featured speaker Michael Barlow, um, uh, well-known IU alum, um, who was chair of the IU Alumni Association for a year, hmm. and I had the distinct pleasure of attending high school with and playing football with. Oh, wow. Michael was a uh, linebacker. I was an all-star lineman. But anyway, we're not here to talk about I w- that. I want to I back up real quick, though, yeah. and make a distinction that and a very important historical moment right. is happening in mm-hmm. Bloomington. And if we could start there with why it is we're going back down memory lane. Right. 
So I, again, Monica Johnson of the No Marshall Black Culture Center, um, am happy to be the director at this time because the Black Culture Center is actually celebrating its 50th year of establishment. Um, yes, it's a it's a really great time, but also um, our partners and kind of all of these services that were created at the request and for the service of Black students and Black culture, the African American and African Diaspora Studies Department at IU is also celebrating its 50th year anniversary. Oh, great. So the table talk, the black table talk that's happening on October 11th at 10 a.m. is an opportunity for alums who were present at the time to talk about what it felt like on campus um, in the midst of student protest. You know, we had um, an increase in the black student population at IU in 1968 and 69. And at that point, those students were requesting that services and support be geared toward um, their acclimation into a campus that had not traditionally housed um, that number of students of color or diverse students. So we're going to talk about kind of the formation of the Black Culture Center and the African-American um, African Diaspora Study department. Um, and Mark, Michael Bartlow, Barlow is um, a great alum because we actually have pieces of his artwork that he right. did as a student right. mm -hmm. in the Black Culture Center um, that has a picture of Martin Luther King mm -hmm. and a picture of Denver Smith. Right. Um, both were actually commissioned by um, James Mumford, the late Dr. James Mumford, um, for a concert that was happening on campus at a time when um, political action was necessary when students wanted to find an opportunity to get their feelings out in a way that, that called the community to action. Mm -hmm. So we're very excited that he's going to be joining us on campus that Excellent day. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. And that will take place at 10 o'clock on the 11th, which is a Friday, mm -hmm. um, in the Bridgewaters Lounge of the Correct. No Marshall Black Culture Center. Uh, moving on, there's the No Marshall 50th Anniversary Block Party, 1 to 4, in the courtyard of the NBCC. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, folks have been calling um, to get more details about that event. And I want to fully say that this is truly a block party. So there will be food and there will be music. We may not have a formal program, but I guarantee you there will be a uh, ceremonial electric slide that happens at ceremonial ceremony yes. you know it has to happen and maybe even a swag surf because you know the youth they do that um and so depending on whether it's raining or not it'll be in the courtyard all right clarence if you fall i'm gonna laugh okay uh, to our no, listening no, no. audience was, no, no. he is dan uh, chair and, dancing and, 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 no no wait wait you said electric slide he tried to electric slide back in the day when the jet clamp it was was popular the jack the jack clampett oh, oh so, look look, you, look we got to do a history on black expressionistic okay. dance I, w I wouldn't hear the answer uh, okay. and then there was well whatever but there was the electric <laughs> dance along with the electric twist mm. um that's when i threw mm. my hip out no, but anyway okay. that was back in the day if you come on over you can go back down <laughs> right. memory lane and then it, it will stop slide <laughs> however you choose to now, if it's raining, we definitely will will go inside um, okay. to the Grand Hall. But we hope to host this in the courtyard. That's going to um, be huge now. It's always big. It's yeah. right. It's homecoming. Students, alumni. It's, the students it's are there. Packed. Alums have, un, you know, knowingly gotten lost. On it happens every <laughs> homecoming. They get mm -hmm. lost and they show up like I'm here. So we're gonna have something for them to do. Okay. Okay. 
Uh, and then, of course, the, the tradition continues with the IU Homecoming Parade that we have seen more and more people take part in, which is excellent. People of color take part in. And I'll, right. I'll tell you, I was in school at a, at a time when that wasn't necessarily the case. But uh, sororities began to take part. Fraternities began to take part. Uh, the, uh, the major Taylor bike team took part. Tell us about that uh, IU Homecoming Parade, just real quickly. So... Definitely with the support of the IU Alumni Association, we are the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center going to take part in the parade this year in conjunction with the African American Arts Institute. Um, And for those that are coming, um, we are hoping in this 50th anniversary year to call the names of those legendary individuals who Mm -hmm. have played a part in black history at IU. So the faculty, staff, students, um, and we are going to find a way for them to participate as well. But you have to come to the parade to see, you know, I can't tell all my secrets on the radio or Facebook. So they got to come see what's going on. But It's going to be cute. We're going to have some music. I might do my little majorette routine. Oh, you know, I'm from Jackson, oh, Mississippi, okay. so I might J-set. Okay, I know okay, some people have okay. seen it. Half stick, will twirl. Okay, right. Okay. The, you, you ready? Now, now no, wait a minute. You're going to lean back and let that hat touch the ground? I'm, I'm talking about a <laughs> ramp kick. You hear me? I'm about to do it. And then my husband's going to be behind me with a golf cart because okay. I'm going to need traction okay. after that. But I'm going to try <laughs> It's going to be cute. Now, now, that's interesting you you point that out because uh, black colleges have the the tradition without, we can't, you know, come on, we we, we really can't compete with a a Circle City Classic down south. We absolutely uh, cannot. But, you know, some of our legends actually were HBCU alumni. So even in honoring us, we have to acknowledge that before IU became such an amazing supporter of black academics, that many of those folks that paved the way for the folks here came from Mm -hmm. Historically black colleges and universities. And because they could not get admittance. See, so you're, trying, you're trying to steal my thunder now. Trying to tell oh. some stories. Because they, they were not, it was illegal for some illegal. of them to mm. go to their college Charlie campuses. Charlie Nelms came here because it was, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. boy. And, and, and when you think about it, they said that this place resembled an HBCU in the summer because so many people got their... Uh, you know, higher education degrees here in the summer. They did it in the summer, then went back. Mm-hmm. And at one time, and I got I to gotta say this, IU at one time boasted 11, 11 sitting HBCU presidents mm. that uh, had this their roots This is the cradle, from IU, of, the black cradle of black college presidents. Mm-hmm. But, uh, okay, now we go to, well, let, let's, let's jump to Friday's events in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. This is with the Neil Marshall Alumni Club. Now, they, these will take place in Indianapolis, and you see something that I like, which is a fish fry from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Indiana Urban League. Yes, sir, and the fish will be fresh. And you're going to fry it, right? I'm not frying it okay. because they right. can't afford me to okay. plan it and cook. No, no, I understand you're <laughs> an excellent cook. First of all, I have to say, I've, I've heard that you are a cook par excellence. I, Thank I can you. attest to that. Yeah. All right. And I, I want that lunch delivered, too. What? <laughs> But we are going to have the fish fry. Um, We want to um, acknowledge uh, the folks that are in Indianapolis that work with the Indianapolis chapter and also the the folks that work at IUPUI. And Mm -hmm. so that's why one of the reasons why we're having um, the reunion in Indianapolis to really um, put a spotlight on a lot of the volunteers that do the heavy lifting for the Neil Marshall Alumni Club. And so um, they have uh, meetings there every week. Sometimes they bypass what they're supposed to do just for the um, uh, the 
National Alumni Association, and mm-hmm. they will um, they will host national board uh, meetings there. So we're really shining a light a light there and saying thank you for um, just being the great partner and being mm-hmm. the great chapter that you are. So our our kickoff will be the fish fry at the Indianapolis Urban League, and like okay. I said, that fish will be fried. Okay. Uh, right then and there um, we'll we'll um, do some award presentations there and then after that uh, we're inviting the people to go to crackers comedy club for um, for some little jovial laughter and fellowship and anything that you couldn't have at the Indianapolis Urban League you can have at crackers comedy club. and that's club. themed a night out with the club a night out with the club at the club and, um, at the club at with the, the club, club. With okay, you you stole my thunder. Okay, <laughs> I want to make sure that we have time to really yes, shine a light Saturday. on uh, Saturday and especially uh, um, the keynote events that are the Legends Luncheon and the twenty fourth anniversary biennial banquet. Right. Well, we have a lot. We have a lot going on, but we are purposefully having our banquet on Saturday so that everyone can be released to go to this beautiful Legends Luncheon on Sunday. Mm -hmm. But on Saturday, this is all about the alumni, the leaders, the founders of the alumni club. We are highlighting those that have literally put in their blood, sweat, and tears into this banquet, um, someone called and they said, "How should I dress?" And I said, "Well, I'm gonna say business, but you know how we do. So as long as your ball gown uh, is within a five foot radius, we can accommodate. So you know that's what we are going to do. We're going to have a beautiful banquet, and then we do have the indie downstroke band coming again. Mm-hmm. So maybe those uh, those skirts will be pull away skirts so people can get down. I'm getting a vision here. Get down and get <laughs> in it and have a good old time, but not too good because you got to wake back. up the next yeah, day. You got to come back now and go to the Legends Luncheon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. So Saturday, definitely, you'll have the game. There are various tailgates that people can go to. We don't want to restrict people's tailgate fun, right? Um, And then the banquet that's happening in Indianapolis. And on Sunday in Bloomington at the Neil Marshall, we are going to, as I said before, call the names. Speak the names of those folks whose shoulders that we stand on, Mm -hmm. um, the people who paved the way. Mm -hmm. We're going to tell the actual history of the Neil Marshall um, Black Culture Center. Now, I know we've said the name Neil Marshall here, and there is a bit of a differentiation between Mm -hmm. the physical location of the Black Culture Center and the alums that have come from all of the Indiana University campuses Mm -hmm. and make up a tradition of black excellence across the state. Um, But we are going to spend some time and talking about and talk about people like Carmel Russell, Mm -hmm. the first director of the Black Culture Center, um, Jim Holland, Constance K. Holland, who both were very instrumental in Mm -hmm. in black excellence when they were here on campus. Mm -hmm. Um, We are going to take some time out to give some bicentennial medals. Mm -hmm. These things are important, right? Because it is IU's 200th anniversary year, and we are going to acknowledge acknowledge some black excellence within um, that bicentennial celebration as well. Um, and there is a ticket cost for that event. The ticket is $60, um, but 
the proceeds from that event actually go back to support the Neil Marshall Black Culture Center. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, are really taking a hard look into fundraising and building up um, the center's financial legacy, even though we are supported by the institution. You know, it's always important to have your own. It's mm-hmm. always important to be giving back to your to your vision and your mission, and we want to involve um, everyone who can in that. Now, now for those that are listening that want to take part in any or all of these activities, where do they go, how do they get info, and how do they get these tickets? For the I- activities that are being hosted by the Black Culture Center in Bloomington, um, I would suggest folks go to blackculture.indiana.edu. We have a 50th anniversary tab, but there's always ways that you can see what programs we have ongoing because um, we're going to celebrate our 50th anniversary all academic year. So up till May, mm-hmm. y'all can get in on this greatness. Okay. All right, and for the alumni, go to alumni.indiana.edu. Yeah, and sorry, I had to had to double check with uh, my predecessor, who knows much more than I do. I'm only three months in. Um, but if you go there, uh, click on events, and you will be able to find the Neil Marshall Alumni Club events. Mm-hmm. And starting tomorrow, um, we will also have a little tab that will take you to the Neil Marshall Black Cultural Center's page mm-hmm. so that you can be informed of both events. And the Black Culture Center, thank you so much, ma'am, has already put the alumni information on her page. So you know what's going on. You can find us easily whether you go to either one, either one site. You can go and find all the information that you need for both events. One okay. weekend, two unique experiences. And uh, with 20 seconds left, let me say, uh, you've heard the name Neil Marshall. There was not a person named Neil Marshall. Uh, this is named, right. it's a hybrid uh, gathering of two names, wonderful, powerful names, Marcellus Neil, the first African-American gentleman to graduate from IU in 1895, and Frances Marshall, who was the first African-American woman to graduate from IU in 1919. Uh, those, uh, as we talk about shoulders, we, st- we stand on. And, uh, of course, we uncovered the name uh, Carrie Parker Taylor Mm -hmm. uh, several Mm -hmm. years ago who preceded Frances Marshall but only attended for a couple semesters at IU. These are broad shoulders. And, uh, again, avail yourself of this wonderful weekend, two unique opportunities, and let's support those efforts at IU. Ladies, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Our thanks to Leah Hinton-McGrath. Uh, the Director of Diversity Programs at the IU Alumni Association, and Monica Johnson, Director of the Indiana University Neil Marshall Black Culture Center, for joining us tonight to share a little bit more about the upcoming celebrations for the namesake Neil Marshall. And whether that's the Alumni Club or the Black Culture Center, you can find everything that you need for homecoming weekend at blackculture.indiana.edu. And again, our thanks to Global Leadership Summit Advocate Jeff Baldwin of the Boys and Girls Club of Monroe County for coming on the day to shed more light on the transformational program, uh, the Global Leadership Summit. And for more information, visit www.globalleadership.org. Our show's producer is Clarence Boone with help from WFHB News Department. Tonight's board engineer is Chantal LaFontaine. And our original theme music was created by Jamil FM with additional background tracks by David Baker. For WFHB, I am Roberta Radovich. And I'm Clarence Boone, and we are leaving September. My gosh. Uh, mm. Tune in next Monday, October 7th at 6 p.m. as we commence our 15th year of Bring It On. Woo-hoo. Right here on your community radio station, WFHB.
You've been listening to Bring It On, a volunteer-powered production of Community Radio WFHB in Bloomington, Indiana. Bring It On is your forum for open dialogue on the people, issues, and events affecting the African-American community in South Central Indiana and beyond. Send your comments, suggestions, and story ideas directly to the Bring It On staff. The email address is bringit at wfhb.org. That's bringit at wfhb.org.